This is the God and Government Podcast. I am your host, John Steinreich. Welcome to the Free Speech Zone. Thank you guys so much for your patience in waiting for a new episode to come out. We want to make sure that we always bring you good quality. And so uh, uh, with a little bit of time off, I think uh, that maybe let us warm up our engine a bit so that we can give you some great stuff today. And as always, on the line with me is my wingman, Mark Richardson. How's it going, Mark? Doing well, Jim. That is well. That is how's, everything on the, how's everything you know, on your side of things? <laughs> things are good. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're good. You know, uh, Dave Ramsey likes to say, um, better than I deserve. <laughs> so I, I probably am. I'm probably better than I deserve. But things are, are good in this sense, Mark. And you, you're aware of this, but I'm going to share it with our audience that I have finally decided to take the Nesty plunge and dive into the ocean of moving uh, to a little bit more of a free state. I'm in one of the long holdouts, <laughs> but I'm moving. And that's, what, that's what's been most on my mind. Well, I'll tell you this much, John. It's like, I'll, it's like, I'll salute you, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners salute you for hanging out, you know, holding on as long as you could. And, you know, with our podcast and also a lot of other podcasts based in California, based nationwide, showing people what are some of the challenges that um, the Democratic Party and, and its elected officials have brought to the state of California. Yeah. And, you know, they've given people they've given people some uh, some ideas, some options, uh, possible solutions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like, well, the voters have the voters have spoken. They can. Democrats. That's correct. There's a point, there's a point in time when, uh, well, I've done all, it's like I've done, all, as Popeye once said, let's see, I've had all I can stands, I can't stands no more. Can't stands no more, yep. Yeah, I've kind of reached that that place. So that's really what the uh, episode is about. I'm calling this episode um, <laughs> red, uh, one state, two state, red state, blue state. You know, a little play on words from Dr. Seuss. Um, which I think is apropos, although being a Dr. Seuss fan now can get you canceled. But since this is the free speech zone, I don't care. I'm going to use it. Um, so uh, Dr. Seuss is sort of a fantastical world. And it seems to me that the uh, over time, um, the blue states, particularly the West Coast blue states, have gone a little bit, uh, not just left, but off the cliff in terms of crazy. Um, and so you and I both have had that experience of being longtime residents. And uh, I have to commend you because a couple of years ago, you finally said, enough, I'm going to go elsewhere. And so you've had a couple of years under your belt in a reddish or a purplish state. And we're going to be able to uh, discuss sort of the differences and, and the upsides, downsides of, of these states and what it's like to be a Christian, <laughs> what it's like to be a business person, you know, just a, a working day person, what it's like, the difference between the states and where, where I'm going. Uh, I hope all the people in the Lone Star State are listening because that's where uh, I'm going to land up with my family is in the great state of Texas, uh, which is uh, pretty red, (laughs) which makes me happy. So um, as we get into this, Mark, um, I wanted to let you know, it was so funny. I was in uh, I was in the kitchen just before we, we got on. And I was cleaning up, and uh, one of my family members was watching TV in the other room, and he had it on. And, you know, the little news blurb came up saying, um, and this is the LA, LA I think CBS, and uh, I, I hear the, the announcer saying, you know, new revealing new poll uh, shows how many people want to move out of California, you know, news at five or whatever it was. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's it. Look, look how God works prompting me and i so i went online i i googled it up real quick i got to yahoo news and yahoo news has an article out today that we're recording saying more than 40 percent of california's residents are considering moving out of state according to a new statewide survey now that's just the headline but notice it's yahoo news that's not like um the hill that's not like um you know conservative treehouse or american thinker <laughs> or Fox News. That's a, a left-wing mainstream media source reporting on this. Four out of ten Californians. And, you know, if you do the math on that, California has roughly 40 million residents. 
So four out of 10 amounts to about 16 million people by my count. That's a lot of people that want to leave the state that has Hollywood, Silicon Valley, um, military, industrial, um, great beaches, mountains, all kinds of touristy stuff. That's a lot of people that want to go. So I'm going to turn it back to you since you've already made the jump. And I want you to give sort of your history as to, you know, why did you come to California and then why did you leave? And I'll share the same. Okay, I'll try. I'll try to say this without sounding too snarky, but it, okay. but it, it, it is easy not to. Uh, I moved to California because it wasn't Michigan. <laughs> and as for our geography, our geography friends in the audience know, Michigan is Michigan is also a very a very blue state. Yeah. Uh, it was like Democratic. Odd is they have flipped, they have switched back and forth in years between Democratic and Republican governors, but they currently mm -hmm. have a Democratic governor. Uh, the main city, Detroit, is a Democratic mayor, a predominantly Democratic city council. Um, although I will I will put a caveat in. I give uh, Mayor Mike Duggan credit because Mike mm -hmm. Duggan was a is a businessman. And he has done a really good job of helping Detroit sort of stabilize itself after yeah. the uh, after it came out of the bankruptcy. However, let's let's do with the hard numbers though. When I was growing up in the seventies uh, and eighties in Detroit, mm -hmm. the population was about one point two million. Okay. And as of last, uh, I think of last uh, census count, I believe it's about five hundred and sixty thousand people currently in Detroit. Wow. So, so, so we're in thirty years or so. Yeah, so, so we're talking about you know I'm in my I'm in my mid fifties now. No, sorry, late fifties. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we're talking about so in that in that time span, half a million people left Detroit. So wow. I also wanted to, I also wanted to challenge myself, and I just for some reason I just didn't feel like living like you know you know and you all had everybody has their own choices. Who yeah. want to grow up? Yeah, you know, they 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 grow up, they live, they're or they they live, they get married, they have kids, and eventually they pass away in the same city, same town, mm -hmm. same region. That wasn't me. It's like my parents, uh, especially specifically my dad, loved to travel, so he gave yeah. me the the wanderlust. So okay. when I got to the point where I reached my point of I need to go somewhere else, I need to do something different. I have family in New York, didn't want to go to New York. I have friends and some family in Chicago, didn't want to go to Chicago. I have family down south, passed, and I just kept going further and further. Hey, you know what? I'll give it a few me. years, see, see how the environment is, and then, yeah. this is the funny part, I'll move to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from super yeah, sunshine but, to super rain. <laughs> yes, you know, a little bit of trivia on you. You know the yeah. amount of precipitation that Seattle gets is less than New York gets in a in an average year. Isn't that interesting? Well, I did not know that. Thank you for educating me, Mark. See, see, it's like you listen, you listen to our podcast, you learn something too. You sure do. Bonus <laughs> round. So I moved out to LA. Now, mind you, this is nine. See, uh, the Northridge earthquake was in ninety four. So yeah. I came out in I came out ninety three. I came out June of nineteen ninety three. Okay. Wide eyed, moved out to the valley. You know, mm -hmm. of course, uh, governor, it's like mayor, it's like, sorry, Governor Newsom is always touting California is a land of opportunity. Yeah. There's a, there's there you have a you have if you come up with an idea, you have a dream. I mean, America also talks about that as well. It's not just yeah. California, yeah. but I digress. Mm -hmm. A dream, a focus. You know, you can you can make it in California. You can do whatever you want to in California. Right, right. When I came out here, it's like, hey, you know, Hollywood was a little rough and tumble, but it was still it was still weird and quirky, and mm -hmm. and rent and rent was ex rent was inexpensive when I moved into uh, let's see, when I moved into my one bedroom in Van Nuys, I believe I was paying four hundred and eighty dollars a month. Wow. So somewhere mm -hmm. in that neighborhood. Wow. <laughs> You know, so and that that's nice. So that's ninety three, mm -hmm. and let's see, cut to let's see, I, I, we've been out here. Let's say twenty twenty one, two thousand twenty one. When we let's say when we got ready to finally uh pack up our troubles and leave, mm -hmm. 
We had a two bedroom. Well, no, sorry. We had a one bedroom at Sherman Oaks, okay. uh, rent control, and that was sixteen hundred dollars. Wow. So the in thirty less than thirty years time, it was a quadrupling of the rental price. Right now, mind you, now and and of course, a lot of people know this as well. The California uh, residents, that mm-hmm. was a rent control. So that was only at maximum you could do like a four, a maximum four percent increase on your rent yearly. Right. Right. In the area in which we lived, and John knows where we stayed in Sherman Oaks. You mm-hmm. know, we were like a block away from a, uh, a block away from Ventura Boulevard. Very yeah. posh, very tone. Yeah. Not far up the hill, you have million, million, million dollar homes. We yeah, million plus, I should say. If we moved from yeah. that apartment, we easily would have been paying almost two thousand dollars a month. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And in other areas of the city that aren't rent control, or other areas of Los Angeles County, um, you're you're going to be paying upwards of three thousand or more, depending on where you are. I, if I remember correctly, my numbers might be off, so apologies, everyone. Um, the median income in Santa Monica at the time when I looked these up, which is less than a year ago, was 3,114. That was average. <laughs> that was the average rent in, uh, or, or the average uh, income. Uh, that was the average rent in Santa Monica. <laughs> average rent, over $3,000. I mean, Santa Monica's nice, but, you know, 3000 3, bucks, and you're not the owner. Anyway, so let me, uh, we'll, we'll condense it. We'll get bogged down in numbers too much if we don't stay on track but anyway you you left um you had a bit of wanderlust and you left the midwest and came through the sunny climes of california and for 28 years that's a substantial chunk of life you were in southern california and then you finally decided i'm not going to be here anymore so we understand why you left the midwest and came out to the uh the golden coast what made you pack up and leave I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of Californians and a lot of people who have relocated from California understand my, it's like some of my reasoning. Uh, one, of course, uh, the cost of living was becoming yeah. onerous. Mm-hmm. It became, it became a, it became a chasing the dollar. Yep. My wife and I, we had to constantly find jobs that were paying us, you know, 20, 22, <laughs> $25 an hour, mm-hmm. 18, so somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Just like basically keep the light. Let's put gas in the car, you know. Plus, any, plus any level of entertainment, so you know. Okay, so yeah. the cost was one. Crime was another issue. Um, right. I'll, I'll, I'll call. I'll call it like I see it. The homeless were starting to take over. Well, they had already taken over, but they were starting to bleed into uh, the area in which in which my wife and I lived. Mm. And and you know, and as a as her as my wife, you know, as a husband. Yeah. My first responsibility is to make sure that my wife is safe. Yeah. And to make sure that I don't I don't like looking over my shoulder. I don't like constantly mm. kind of having to constantly have my radar. Yeah. Sure. Hey, what's going on with that person? Are they crossing the street? Are they are they planning something? Are they going to ask me what's going on? So crime, so crime was another issue. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> you know, and really it just it just came down to the area is like LA was dirty. It's a dirty mm. city. Yeah, it's like you it know, is. it's not it's not clean anymore. Yeah. It's there, there's trash everywhere. It doesn't make me proud to say, you know, it's like I, it's like, I liked LA. LA LA was a nice place, mm-hmm. but it's like, but at the same time too, I can understand. I can understand some people because it's like they have, have maybe may family. Yeah. It may be that maybe the job maybe the job situation. It may, it's like there's some kind of combination that keeps mm-hmm. them firmly rooted there. Uh, some people vote; yeah. they, they vote for the Democratic Party, and they like and they like what the Democrats uh, present to them, and they and they yeah. like where the where the direction of the city is going. Okay, or the state is going. That's fine. But you know that plus the policies that were being put in place by the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. plus the crime, plus plus the high cost of living. Yeah. I, I I did. I never moved out there for the weather, so the weather didn't keep me. Mm. And it, I just find myself. I'm getting up. I'm getting up in years. I'm starting to get close to retirement age. Yeah. Do I want the question I had to ask myself? Do I want to retire in California? Mm. And the answer, That's a great the answer, question. 
the answer was no. I had no interest in having the state take more money out of my pocket mm. and apply it to policies that I don't agree on. I yeah. vote against, yet I basically shout it down. So I just, my wife and I, we just, um, <clears throat> also too, let me put, a, put another point in as well. It's a very short one. Mm -hmm. um, it's like my wife was taking care of her mother at the time. Yeah. So that, that that was a big thing which kept us in California. Sure. Was like, you know, because we 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 talked about we had the idea, of, but you know, she was getting up in years, and she was born and raised in California, and mm. we just and just in conversations we we just came to the conclusion that we felt that it would be it would do more harm than good taking her out of the right. element that she knew. Yeah. So that so you know, yeah, so, so we stayed until like a. Unfortunately, a few years ago, like she passed away, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and then at that point in time, we uh, what had happened? Oh, COVID was still everywhere. Right. Everybody, right. everybody was doing Zoom conferences and masks. It's like mask policies. So uh, my my wife, she did a family reunion over Zoom. Mm -hmm. We started we started talking about ideas between the two of us about where to move. Mm -hmm. And we were actually, originally we were talking about going to Texas as well because we have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's like a lot of it's like, it's like she has family. That we said, oh, you know, it's like Houston, that's just like or Texas. That's not that's not a bad choice. We know a lot of people. Prices are pretty good there. Uh, yeah. Jobs should, jobs are uh, plentiful. And then my uh, my well, her cousin on the Zoom call started selling us on North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Hadn't even thought about it. Started doing some research. I like the location. I like the fact that it's a it's a four it's a four season state, mm -hmm. but the but where we live is it's it's fairly mild. Yeah. And we started we started looking. Uh, we first were going to go over to the northeast part of the state over in the uh, Golden Triangle, uh, uh, Raleigh. Let's see, Durham, mm -hmm. and it's, it's over where the University of North Carolina, Duke University. Uh, you know, so a lot of uh, very educated, very, uh, very high tech. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the uh, tech companies are moving to the area. Of course. Wendy's nice. like, uh, like she, my wife, she couldn't find, she couldn't find a job there that, that fit mm -hmm. her. And we kept looking further and further west. And eventually we ended up on the western part of the state, just outside of, uh, uh, outside of Asheville mm -hmm. or little LA, depending on how you like it. <laughs> and yeah. we just, and the funny thing was with with COVID, we didn't even get a chance to walk through the apartment. We actually, we actually, um, the uh, you didn't zoom. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, just walk through. Yeah, basically, just walked us around with a cell phone and just walked these each room. Wow. And we said, well, you know what? We're we're gonna go on faith here, and we haven't looked back. And wow. uh, I love the area in which we live. Uh, it's like our it's like our apartment. You know, for what we're paying is easily. I, I, this unit would probably easily run about the same price as it would be in LA, but we get it for a lot less. Mm. Uh, Good. I yeah. Wow. I mean, that's uh, you know, I I like your history and, and your reasoning and the fact that you made conscious choices to improve your standard of living and not be held back. Um, you know. I, I want to share my story because it's somewhat similar. I actually grew up in New Jersey. Uh, so uh, the winters there were pretty brutal and the politics are pretty blue <laughs> historically as they have been. Um, so when I got out of college, I, you know, the long story short is I really didn't want to shovel snow anymore. <laughs> I got sick of that shoveling snow, driving on ice covered highways. And, and I had, uh, you know, definitely some water lust as well. And uh, I, I wanted to be in a better climate, so I, I ended up in L.A. too. Um, I've, and I have not shoveled snow <laughs> since about 1990 or so when I left. And when I came to L.A., I remember in, in those days, and that's not that long ago, it just felt like a place full of opportunity, full of business. You know, the entertainment business obviously was thriving. Um, we were just beginning the, the, the high-tech bubble, the sort of beginning in that, that era um, there was aerospace here. There was, uh, you know, all kind of industry and just a big thriving population. Very, very diverse. You know, I grew up in a pretty small town, which was not diverse culturally or ethnically. And I came out here and like, yeah, you see people of all different colors, backgrounds, 
ethnic groups, religion, all this. It's interesting. You get any kind of food that you want. Like, boy, this is this is the life, and the weather is fantastic all the time, and I can go to the beach anytime or what. I mean, it just seemed like such a remarkable place of opportunity, and it felt like that for me, sort of through the 1990s. Um, but something began to happen. I, I, I've you know been watching it, and I just I just noticed little by little that the the uh, the state government in particular got a little bit more intrusive sort of with every session um, a little bit more rules and regulations a little bit more taxation you know a little bit more fees on on your driver's uh, re- you know your car registration thing things like that and just this really really large profligate spending I mean the amount of the California state budget you know it exceeds some countries in the world and as as time went by, I, I felt myself, you know, I was growing more conservative as I got older. Like, you know, I have to be fiscally responsible. You know, I want to have more sort of a moral grounding. I'm a Christian and, and all that stuff. And, and I, I just see the way things are going in the state is very, very um, liberal progressive and um, profligate spending. Um, and the, the school district's not really, you know, teaching excellently they, they used to be you know years ago california was always applauded as being like the top among states for public education but you know i worked in public education for a while and i could see that there was a rottenness at the core of it um the teachers unions had way too much power and their their the the level of, of actual education was pretty poor and so i i see all of these things coming down the pike and as time has gone by i feel like i've become a stranger in a strange land um and i would say you know probably about 10 to 15 years ago is when things really started to sink um and i you know you drive up and down the san fernando valley um which is you know really one of the hearts of los angeles and it used to have lots and lots of businesses, but there's places boarded up like crazy on some of the major thoroughfares in the San Fernando Valley. It's very, very sad. The mom and pop shops are largely gone. And then within the last five years or so, the amount of homeless is staggering. I mean, encampments anywhere and everywhere you go, even in, you know, middle class or upper middle class neighborhoods, you know, um, you, you'll find it. I, I, I remember coming back. I live in a decent area, a relatively decent area, but there was one day I came came back from being out and I found a homeless man sitting on my front porch. And I, I'm not like in I'm not in a business district or anything. He just had happened to wander into the neighborhood and just was sitting there. And I called the police department to say, Hey, you know, the guy's sitting here and, and they didn't do anything. They're like, Oh, okay, well, um, he's not really bothering you. He kinda got up and went away. I'm like, Yeah, but he's wandering around the neighborhood. I don't know what he's gonna do. And they did nothing. And I just got this sense, this continuing sense that, you know, uh, I'm a citizen and a taxpayer, but uh, I don't really matter. I don't count. The interests that govern the state are among the elite on one end, the very wealthy, and then the very poor uh, who get all kind of public services and they serve as the constituency for the very elite. And those of us in the middle are being little little by little squeezed out. And that's that's really what it felt like. And, you know, people have asked me uh, of late, like, what made you decide finally? And I somewhat jokingly say, I decided to leave California because I've had enough of communism. <laughs> and uh, uh, while, while the jackboots aren't necessarily running up and down the streets of L.A. and San Francisco, what I mean by communism, and, and you can uh, attest to this as well, is that there is in California um, a, a certain culture that reveres government and um, is more than happy to have government tell people what to do, you know, how, whether or not they can have a grocery bag, how many vaccines they're supposed to take, where they can put their kids in school. There, there seems to be an acquiescence to this and the state legislature and the governor for you know for the last who knows how long have just just taken advantage of that and basically 
force whatever they want down the throats of the people of California. And the only thing that I see that holds this place together economically and politically is the continuation of Prop 13, which is a pretty famous you know, state law that, that everybody in the country knows about, which controls property taxes. And I think even the, even the uh, wild leftists who, who run California understand that if they pull that Band-Aid off that scab and they actually tinker with Prop 13, that would bankrupt tens of thousands of homeowners and it would just it would it would totally sink the state into chaos and so at at this point that's i've said enough is enough i've given many decades of my life here i don't feel welcome anymore i gotta go and that's why i'm going all right well and i understand that jonathan thank you for sharing that as well because it is and if you talk to you know, if you talk to a lot of people who have left California or are planning to leave California, you'll you'll hear like you'll hear that running theme. Yeah. And and, and there and there's more than a few people who are leaving who don't want to leave. You right. know, once again, it's as people I was talking about earlier. They love like they love the energy of California. They love the fact that they can yeah. drive up to the mountains and ski and then turn around and drive down to the beach and surf. You mm-hmm. know, and, and turn and they and they love being able to drive up and down the coast and all the different beach towns and eclectic little towns and cities and villages yes. throughout the area. And it's funny that that you mentioned, I thought that this is a very interesting point. It's, LA is, LA is a very, LA, what's the phrase thing I can say? It's a, it's a homogenous melting pot. I guess that's a good way of saying <laughs> yeah. it. Because are there a lot of cultures here? Yes, they yeah. are. Do they mix? As much as one might think, the way that, true, it is kind of balkanized. Yeah, it's like it, it doesn't. It sounds it sounds like a great ad, but when you get here and see it for yourself, you know mm-hmm. you got Little Tokyo, you've got Koreatown, you know you've got all these different areas that have all these different cultures, but those necessarily mingle a bit. There's a little bit of mingling along the fringes, along the if you like run a you ran a needle and try to stitch yeah. a stitch a towel together, you'd get some of it. But it's but it's not it's not incorporating as much as you might think, and I believe a lot of that is the fact of the power. Yes, California does not California does not encourage and induce people to blend together and kind of mm-hmm. a rising tide lists all boats. We're all in this together. It's sort mm-hmm. of everybody everybody for their own. <laughs> Bail as much as you can. The ship is sinking. <laughs> yeah. But once once again, as you said earlier, John, the politicians. And, and I and I shake my head because I just listened to a audio clip from uh, uh, the one, the Burbank. I uh, see the is he congressman or is he representative Adam Schiff? Yeah, I he's think a he's congressman. He's a he's congressman. Running, yeah, he's and he's running for Senate. Yeah, right. And he was he was gay, he was being challenged on uh, he was censored as a matter of fact yes, recently. He was. Yeah, uh, because of his allegations on uh, on say the dossier the steel dossier. Yeah, the Russian and, collusion. Yes, exactly. That is that he had been shouting from on high. He it's like every other week it sends he made statements that he had new evidence of yeah. uh, collusion with uh, with former President Trump and the Russians, mm-hmm. and he kept saying this and kept saying this and 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 I have to I have to hold out the media once again hold mm-hmm. them out to for for people to review and say he kept saying this he kept making all these allegations. And I don't know how many times I, I was waiting for a press, someone from the press, to challenge him and say, "Where is your proof? Show mm. us the documents." But yeah. they kept, but they, but they kept giving him a platform to yell and scream from on high. And yep. you, yep. you, John, know, and I know, if you even if you tell a lie with enough conviction over time, people will believe it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and when and, and it finally came down. I think the Republican held uh, Republican held like House to say, mm-hmm. no, we're not accepting that. You lied. You didn't have the proof. We know you didn't have the proof. Yet you continue to lie. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give I'll give uh, I'll give the Mr. Schiff credit. He doubled down. Yes, he did. Rather than simply, rather than simply say, you know what, you're right. I thought I had some information. I was mistaken. Nope. He still he still holds. Thank you. There was Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. It's like 
Trump is guilty. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so he's gonna, he he will probably win re-election. Well, no, he's not running. For, he's running for Senate. He has a very he has a decent chance of winning. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And and I I sit back and I look at he's his Burbank is his district where I yeah. where I spent where I spent a good portion of my time in California, and. And once again, it was like, what's the what's the running theme of, of uh, Burbank? Burbank's the entertainment industry. A lot of uh, yep. more than a few movie studio studios. Yep. A lot of unionized guys. You mm-hmm. know, the Burbank school district, teachers unions. You know, mm-hmm. union here, union there, union, union everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and they and they, they they support Adam Schiff regardless of his lies, yep. regardless of his disinformation. You know they they will they will line up in mass and vote for and him. And vote and absolutely yes. So you know what that actually that you brought him up brings me uh, to another point here to, for us to drill down a little bit. And I'm looking at again this Yahoo News article which talks about 40% of Californians thinking about leaving. Um, one part of the article says this. I'm quoting from it. Another 30% of respondents pointed to California's policies and laws that do not align with their political views as the reason for their considering leaving the state. Conservative respondents and self-identified Republicans were reported uh, reportedly much more likely to cite politics as the reason for their consideration than Democrats. Among those who identified as Republicans, 83% of the state's direction was on. They said that was the state's direction was on the wrong track. While only about 20% of Democrats said the same thing, according to the Los Angeles Times. Um, who, had, who noted that white residents had a more negative view of the state than people of color. Of course, they have to throw a little bit of uh, uh, racial arson in there. But we'll save that for another, another point. Um, what I want to drive at here is that we've got 30% of people responding in a poll saying that politics, um, California politics, is a driving reason. And of that 30%, you know, um, 83% of the Republican respondents were the ones saying, I got to go. I don't call myself a Republican because I'm not registered that way. I'm an, I'm an independent because I have beef with the Republican Party, but I tend to be conservative. And uh, that's one of my issues. I don't feel represented in California. It's not it's not even close. You know, it's not even a competitive place uh, in most parts of, of the state. And I think that some of the demise of the state, what I consider to be demise, where businesses leaving, high cost of living, high gas prices, you know, poor quality of education can be attributed by it to the fact that the left has been so adept at capturing control that they've simply driven people of conservative and Republican values out of the state. They're, they're saying, we're not going to, we're not going to stay and fight. And I've been listening, uh, I listened to Dan Bongino um, often, and he, he's a guy who moved uh, from blue states down to Florida. And he's come to the place where he's openly advocating for people like me, who uh, have conservative views to get out of the blue states. And I, I, I sort of wrestled with it for a while, but I've come to agree with him about that, that it's right. too unfriendly. What, what, do you, what do you think about that when you, when you realize that 83% of Republicans who are in California say, I've had enough, I want to get out. Should they get yeah, out? I, they should. I, 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 and, I, and I'm saying that not because I know some people might look at me and say, well, Mark, you didn't have anything invested in the state. It's like, of course, you'll be the yeah. first one to turn around and say, get out. You know, I'm 57. I spent 27 years there. I believe I do have some invest. I do have, a, have some skin you in sure the game. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and I understand, you know, like, for example, people like Larry Elder, you know, who's like, yeah. who, who are diehard. And as a matter of fact, it's like uh, Dave Rubin was diehard for a while until yes, he, he was. Until, until he finally got, he finally crossed that Rubicon. And just 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 decided, you know, it's it's California. I don't. You may be you may be left leaning. You may be you may vote Democrat, but you can't argue the point that California is a very very unfriendly state to do business in. Yes. Small, small business small businesses are the lifeblood of the country. Most mm-hmm. like, like you know your mom and pop your small businesses are what drives the economy here. Not the big not the big not the uh, not the Yahoo. Not yeah. the Microsoft. No, no, it's actually the smaller company, and the smaller companies are having so much difficulty doing business here Correct. to the point where they have to pack up and leave. That that is a sign that your state is unhealthy. That is yeah. like that that there's a problem and it needs to be addressed. 
and it hasn't been addressed. As a matter of fact, the like you were saying earlier, John, the policies and the bills that the democratically held are passing is becoming more, more and more, more and more government leaning leaders. It's like we, it's like we mm-hmm. are the ones who have. Okay, anybody, any reasonable person who's listening to this, I think you'd be insulted if I came up and said, you know, you know, person. I don't think you know what's best for you and your family. I believe that I should be the one who should dictate that and 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 right. lean and make these decisions for you because I don't feel you can do it yourself. You'd be totally insulted by that. But yet we keep continuing to vote for people who mm-hmm. believe that same concept. Bills that basically say these. Okay, affirmative action. Let me just toss that out there as. That's anybody who is a person of color, who who like who believes in affirmative action. I think you should, if you think about what it means, I think you should be a little bit insulted by it because mm-hmm. it's the same kind of concept. I don't capable of getting to the school without help, so I'm going to give you a leg up, and and they'll, and they'll color it from the idea of racism. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute, if you passed it. I don't think a person of color passed an affirmative action bill. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, you, know, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitting. I'm once again just tossing these concepts out there so people can think about it because you, you're not, you're not hearing it on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNBC, mm-hmm. the LA Times, none of the L, none of the California papers. Most of the national papers aren't telling you this stuff. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's little it's little mom and pop podcasts like myself and John's yeah. and, and, and a few others that are and we're not trying to throw bombs here. I'm just trying to just ask you to think about what I'm saying. Mm. Ruminate on it. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me uh, let me read a scripture since we have I, I do have to make sure that we keep some God <laughs> in the God and government podcast. So I'm I'm going to read Luke chapter four here. Um and verses 18 and 19 and this is jesus talking in the synagogue when he announced basically he makes a public announcement about who he is uh and he says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor now i read that because in that context, I think that there's a way to extrapolate the idea that Jesus, that God, loves freedom. He would, I don't think he would be saying to a group of oppressed Jews under the Roman dictatorship, hey, I've come to set the captives free, if he didn't actually mean that freedom is a good thing. Um, and so I think from a, a political perspective, we, certainly Christians, we ought to have our political views informed by our faith first and i take a lead from that i you know i i'm a person who i love freedom and with freedom comes responsibility um i don't want the government telling me what to do i don't want them invading you know how i raise my children um uh, telling me that i have to pay you know a 10 cent fee for a grocery bag because i'm destroying the planet because of the plastic that gets in the ocean or this kind of craziness or, or that we should ban uh, gas powered vehicles in, in 10 years or whatever. I don't want that. And I think that the Bible seems to indicate that God is not really in favor of that kind of big government meddling as well. He came to proclaim freedom and the political climate in California has little by little become an unfree environment. It's unfree in that if you want to start a business, you better have a whole boatload of money to pay the onerous fees and taxes to get it started. You want to buy a house? Well, boy, you better you know come from a trust fund family <laughs> to uh, be able to afford it, right? And, and the, the crazy property taxes. If you want to have some say in your child's education, well, you better get ready to be shouted down. If you don't like, you know, the whole grooming of the LBGT agenda in the public schools, 
Well, it's not that you have to opt in. You have to opt out. They're going to teach it uh, to your kids, whether you like it or not, unless you vociferously stand up and say, no, don't do, do that. There is tyranny going on in a place like California. And when I think about Texas or Florida or North Carolina, I think of, okay, these are states, you know, maybe they're not utopia, but at least there's a culture there that says, all right, we would rather leave our citizens alone to prosper on their own than tell them what to do. Would you say, having lived in uh, you know, a reddish or a purplish state for a couple of years, that you feel more of that political freedom than you did in California? I mean, North, North Carolina, for people who have, who have not been there, is is a very, it is, let's see, what's the, what's, what's the best way of phrasing it? North Carolina's attitude is, hey, you know what? If you, it's like, you vote, you may vote red, you may vote blue. As long as you leave me alone, I'm fine. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a very much, it's like, it's it's still a very friendly state. I mean, because North Carolina, it is it is technically in the South, so they so you do have a lot of that Southern hospitality. Mm-hmm. Are there, you know, are there people here who may have poor, you know, bad agendas or bad actors? Yes, there are. But for the most part, I as I, it's it's absolutely funny. I can go to the grocery store and start a conversation, and thirty minutes later, still have a conversation with a total stranger, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. It, yeah, it's, it's just their history, their family, what they're planning, you know, the whole thing. And actually, it's like since we are, since we do try to bring the Bible in as well, I have a, I have a scripture as well. It's Second Samuel okay. seven ten. It's like, I will also appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Nor will the wicked affect affect them afflict them any more as formerly. Mm. And I can I I can take that scripture and not. I'm not cherry picking it, but when I look at it, I can apply it to the mindset of I understand people people want to they, they want to they want to change California. They yeah. want to they want they want to change the direction that the state's in because they love the state so much. Mm-hmm. And I and I applaud that. I applaud that mm-hmm. I, do. I also have to look in the mirror and I have to start asking pointed questions. And you know, not not to not to be a Debbie Downer, but I also have to look at this. Okay, folks, I understand you, but unfortunately, because of the policies that have been applied to the state by the politicians, a lot of the middle class, which previously voted Republican, have left. They or they or they've been they've been squeezed out of the state. You know, they they've re, they've relocated, mm. I, which I thought was actually funny. Was I? I was actually reading an article as well, John, where it talked about. You know, some of the states that a lot of Californians are moving to, they're moving to places like Idaho, mm-hmm. uh, right across the right across the borderline here in Nevada, yeah. uh, Oregon, you know, Washington. I'm like, man, those those guys, you may want to contemplate, you may want to check your choices on moving up there. So just, you know, <laughs> well, pro tip. Yeah. Just a pro the tip. The is that they don't have state income tax in Washington. But other than that, it's, <laughs> it's like California with more cold weather. Right, but one of the other surprising ones that came up, and this is like a twenty twenty two uh, uh, vote, was Tennessee. Mm, lots yeah. of people, lots of people are moving to, lots of people are moving to Nashville. It's a very dynamic uh, town and area, and and you know people are moving, are relocating from the East Coast out of uh, Philadelphia, out of New York, yeah. out of D.C. They're moving further inland. They're moving into Virginia. They're moving into South Carolina. They're moving into North Carolina. They're moving down to Florida. Sorry. These states are gaining; they are gaining uh, population. Yeah, especially in uh, North Carolina, we're big fans of. And yeah, I I pretty much call myself a Carolina now. I I'm no carpetbagger. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just it's just the idea. Of, I welcome people to come and live here in this state. Yeah, you know, it's like by all means, come on in. The water's fine. It's like yeah. hiking. You know, it's like you've got the you've got the ocean, you've got the beaches, you've got dynamic cities, you've got great food, you've got great culture. You're right next to Tennessee, right next to Georgia, South Carolina. Yeah. By all means, move here. But I ask you, I plead with you on bended knee. Do not bring your California policies. I leave do. those. Leave those when you cross the border. They don't. <laughs> they don't work here, and you'll just make people upset with you. That Trust is- me. 
<laughs> that that is really really true. Wow. Um, let, let me read you a verse, uh, and then I want to go on to uh, one more topic here. So Matthew chapter ten twenty three. This is Jesus talking. He says, "When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not go through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes." Now he's he's talking about you know sending the the disciples out into kind of a hostile world. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting when Jesus tells them, you're going to be persecuted. He doesn't tell them to stay under persecution. He tells them to flee. We're not supposed to willingly choose martyrdom. And I think what you were talking about, you know, in the idea of like encouraging people who are of conservative mindset or of Judeo-Christian values to move, it's, I believe that it's in concert with this idea. And I can say... Uh, Absolutely. Being a person who is of Christian faith, continuing to live in a place like California, that, you know, I, to, with all due respect, I'm not, you know, the, the, the thought police are not breaking down my door yet. However, um, the environment is such that they're, to, to push back against the system with traditional values is really difficult. I mean, the people, if you were paying attention during COVID, to see what happened to John MacArthur at Grace Community Church was astonishing. John MacArthur has been in the ministry for 50, 60 years. He is a pretty much a mega church in the heart of uh, the San Fernando Valley. And the city of Los Angeles, you know, they took a whack at him to try to put him out of business during COVID. You know, and um, it, it, he was blessed, you know, but Grace Community Church, I'm sure, has a lot of economic resources and a lot of lawyers to, to fight back and win. But that's not the average California. That's not the average Christian believer in, uh, in L.A. Yeah, we're fighting an uphill battle. So, um, you know, leaving is something that I, I look at like, OK, look, I have put up enough of a fight. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to go to a place where my values are reaffirmed and I can live in accordance to my conscience without being persecuted. I'm going to flee from it. Um, a couple of facts I want to talk about before before we get off here. Um, can you take a guess <laughs> in terms of out-migration? Uh, what states would you say saw the highest proportion of outbound migration um, You know, in 2022? Let's see. I'm going to go with Florida. Texas. So that's, that's in migration. I'm talking about out migration. Oh, oh out migration. Oh, okay. oh, people leaving. Let's see. Uh, California. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of people. It's like uh, New York, um, yeah. Pennsylvania. Let's see. I would say Washington and Oregon. Uh-huh. Let's see. Um, I would even say like even the, in the Rust Belt, uh, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're hitting on quite a lot of them here. I did a quick search. I'm looking at a, a web page. Uh, called from Tax Foundation. Now, this is in 2020, um, uh, which is not that long ago, but in 2020, um, where did it go? Oh, let me get back here. The, the, the top states that they identified were New York, uh, so New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, and California. Now, what do those all have in common, Mark? Tell the people. They're blue states. <laughs> yes, exactly. They are blue states. Now, so you see, the, and those are pretty big, heavy populated states, New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, and California. That's a sizable amount of the population of the entire country in those states. And those are experiencing significant out-migration. Now, let me find this other page where um, we were looking about the in-migration. So going back to that, what, what would you say the states that had the most in-migration recently? Florida. <laughs> That's one of them. Uh, for the sake of time, let me just let me let me jump to the answers. Um, according to this, looks like uh, a real it's a realtor blog, National Association of Realtors. They showed that in 2022, Florida had the biggest in migration, over 318,000 people to Florida. I can understand that, man. Ron DeSantis doing a good job in my view. Texas is next, almost 231,000. And the Carolinas, ding, 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 ding. That sounds kind of familiar, Mark. North Carolina, nearly 100,000 people. And South Carolina, just over 84,000 people. Those are the four states 
that had the biggest in migration. And of course, <laughs> those states are not blue. They yeah, are they're not blue. They are either yeah. red or purplish red. Um, and I bet you dimes to dollars that people are leaving those blue states and relocating to the ones I just mentioned and, and others like Idaho because they don't want to spend their money on garbage government and they don't want poor schools and they don't want to be told, you know, how many COVID vaccine shots to take, how many plastic bags they're allowed to get, you know, you know, whether they can have a gas fire stove in their house. They just don't want that. They want to be left alone. What do you think? You know, and just and just to just to reinforce what uh, John just finished up here, people like North America Moving Services. They had they did they did a study in 2022. Where do Americans move? Top inbound states in 2022: South Carolina, 68 percent; wow. North Carolina, 64 percent; Tennessee, 64 percent; Arizona, 57 percent; Florida, 55 percent. Hmm. The top outbound states in 2022: Michigan, 59 percent. Wow. Pennsylvania, 60%, New Jersey, 62%, California, 63%, and and the for nine years in a row, the top out, outbound state is would you like to keep would you like to take I'm a guess? I think it's the, 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 the Empire State, New York. That is a fair guess, but you are incorrect, sir. Oh, with, with 65% Illinois. Illinois, ah. Well, I mean, Illinois is, you know, I feel bad for those folks, man. They, they, they're run by a machine in Illinois. They, you know, their, their legislature, you know, how many of their governors go to jail? I think it's a, it's a job requirement. <laughs> you become a governor and, in Illinois yeah. to be a, become a convict. <laughs> and, 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 but, and, but once again, it's that, it's that hard habit to break. Yeah. You, 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 you see, I mean, Chicago with the, with the, with yeah. the shooting and crime, and once again, it's just like I mean, it's it's got to the point now where you have gangs roving some of these malls mm-hmm. and going in, going into stores, raiding the. They're they're actually they're basically they're basically pirates with sneakers on. Yeah, and they're right. they're raiding these stores. And um, one of the things that uh, the North American when they did the survey, they said quality of life is the top twenty. You know, and I have to ask you as you're it's like as I have to ask everybody who's listening, if you're thinking about moving, I understand. It's like you love you like you love your state, especially mm-hmm. if you're the Californians, you love it, but you have to come to a hard conclusion. Are you happy? Yeah. Are you satisfied with a lot of with a lot of government regulation? And now remember now, California has a super majority, which means which means that Pretty much, they're rubber stamping every law and legislation they can get their hands on, and mm-hmm. they receive no resist. There's no, there's no balance. There's no, no other party not. saying, "Hey, maybe we should put this to a vote. Maybe we should look at this." There's no me. It's it's it, it's wild west, and the inmates are the inmates are running the asylum, folks. <laughs> Pretty and much. And you re- and you have to just ask yourself: Are you are you satisfied with high gas prices? Are you had, are you satisfied with regulations that are coming down from uh, from Governor Newsom, in which mm-hmm. uh, think the, think about think about what John said earlier. In less than ten years, they want to ban gasoline powered vehicles. Yeah. Do you have four? Do you have fifty, sixty thousand dollars lying around that that you want that you want to place on an electric on an EV electric car? Mm. And by the way, ask yourself this question: Does California even have the infrastructure? To go ahead and put in charging stations within range that you could that you could use the car. No. As I, I'll ask I'll ask you another question too. If Tesla's leading the way, will Tesla put in uh, adapters in their superchargers, a cheaper supercharger station for your vehicle if you don't drive a Tesla? I don't know. And and by the way, uh, where's where's the energy coming from to power? You know, since you're not powering coal plants anymore. Mm-hmm. For these electric vehicles, there's 40 million people that's in the a, state. That's a good question. I mean, I, I imagine, could you imagine that, you know, doomsday scenario when you get into a heat wave in the future and, and you're you're dealing with summer temperatures in 110, 120, which is not unusual in California because it's a desert climate. Imagine 
you know, the entire state being a grid having to cool people's homes and charge up every vehicle in the state. That, my friend, is we're talking, uh, you know, apocalypse now. Yeah. And folks, and I know you're headed and I know you understand this, but this is where this is where everybody has to put their thinking caps on. When you start listening to Governor Newsom and you listen to some of the legislators from Sacramento, they'll say one thing. And then you have to look at what they're saying and you have to ask yourself the questions. Well, how are they going to do that? Instead of going, instead of going, that sounds fantastic. I get, I get you have this, this utopian vision of California. I understand that. I respect you. I respect the people who stay there with that vision, but you have to ask yourself the hard questions. Can it be done? The answer is no, (laughs) it can't be done. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it, 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 if it can't be done on the budget that California is currently running on, it can't be done at all. And I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. A couple of years ago, uh, here at our local school district, they brought down some sort of expert. I don't remember what she was to talk about public education and the need for, you know, taxation and so forth to keep California schools rocking and rolling. And at the time, the California budget for public education was something like $85 billion a year, $85 billion a year for public education. And I, you know, <laughs> I asked her a question. I said, well, you know, we're spending $85 billion a year, but we're not really, you know, we're not really a top 10 kind of state, are we? You know, we're not really doing all that well. How much more money do you think we have to spend in order to get good quality education? And she, you know, we're all thinking, I said, well, probably $35 billion more. So, Tell me, Mark, I mean, if you've spent $85 billion to get, you know, a really crummy degree of service, would you then open up the checkbook and write another $35 billion check or more of that? And because I'm sane or relatively sane, I would say yeah. no. But once again, why are we why are we having this conversation? Because the unions and the law. Yep. To politicians, and they make. I'll tell you this much: if Democrats and the left do one thing really well, is they really promote their mm-hmm. product, and they do they a really be. great job of making you of making you go, "Hey, yeah, you know what? That is <laughs> that is a really great idea. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. twelve years from climate change. Yeah, by all means, I think we should really save this planet. I understand. They really yeah. love. They really do a great job of framing the argument to make you feel like by voting for this legislation, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're helping other people. Yeah. yeah. The consequences when it comes to. Yeah. That's, that's right. They, you know, they just think, oh, you know what, if we just throw another $35 billion at it, we'll get perfection. And, and sadly, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's an attitude in California that just has a, uh, so many people have a, a reverence uh, a worship for for government that they believe this in spite of the fact that the numbers do not prove that you know more dollars more spending is going to get better results in fact yep. i i would suggest that the opposite would be like look if you if you gave people their money back stop ripping them off and let them choose the the education of choice for their own children you probably get better results better educated children more freedom and happier families and fewer people moving out of the state. But hey, no one elected me governor. <laughs> hey, but you know, good like you know, good 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 ideas often die on the uh, often die on the hill of politics. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm looking at the clock, and we're pretty much up against time. But this has really been a great discussion. And uh, kudos again to you for making making the leap. And you know, uh, God willing, on um, the next time we get back on this broadcast. I will be able to re- report good news from the free state of Texas. You go ahead, Snake Pliskin. <laughs> and for all our listeners out there, thank you so much again for your patience and waiting for us to come back with the God and Government podcast. You can always find us on the anchor.fm platform, anchor.fm backslash God and Government. And you can also find us on our Facebook page, God and Government. And uh, I generally will post these video or these, these links up uh on on facebook and uh you know other platforms as well so check us out any last words for our listeners mark 
I think we've we think we've always said it, and we continue to say it, folks. It's like not us, listeners, but be great thinkers. I love it. Be good listeners and great think thinkers. Peace out, everybody. Take care.